0: You're going to be there, okay? Okay, so we have a class here. Um, by the way, this needs, a, this needs a serious intro. Can I tell you why? Why? Because I was giving a class. I don't remember which, which class it was exactly. I gave a class and then someone commented on the class that I was giving. They were like, why is he making believe like he's talking to people when he's blatantly looking oh, at the camera? God. And I'm dying from this comment because it's breakfast in the class. There's like 25 people that were actually there <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so, you know, you just see a guy you just like let it go. So, anyway. So, just to let you guys know, uh, you're... Oh, Susan is on. There you are. Okay. So, uh, people asked to put this on. We couldn't figure out where to put it. So, um, we had a great suggestion. So, now it's Bobby. Welcome. Good to have you all with us. Let's get cracking. Okay. So... First of all, I don't know if you guys had a chance to to hear the class last night that I gave in the Be'er Knesset. I gave a class that I think you can listen to on a surface level. And on the surface level, just take it in and try and understand what we mean. But then there's obviously a much deeper level to that class. And I want to perhaps take one of those elements that we spoke about yesterday and just do a deep dive on that idea. All right. So let's start. We're going to start with Yaakov Avinu. The Pasuk tells us that Yaakov Avinu has this epic battle between him and the angel of Esav. Remember that, right? Um, so it looks, it presents as a man, but actually what is it? It's an angel, okay? Now that theme that what presents as a man or as a human being can actually be an angel, is not just that the angel is dressing up like a human being. There's a much deeper concept to that. And the, the concept is that the word for angel in Hebrew is Malach, and what does Malach mean? It means a messenger. It's someone that God sends as a messenger. He sent angels, but he also sent messengers to his brother. And that idea is that a lot of times the messengers of God can come in the form of people. Not in an esoteric, uh, you know, kind of uh, physical and spiritual, you know, crisscrossing situation, but rather that a person who comes into my life a difficult person, a great person, that can literally be an angel from God. Think about that. The people that really inspire you, the people that really give you that lift when you need it the most, and you use that word, you're like, oh my God, it's like like Hashem sent an angel. You're saying it glibly, but actually, it's true. That is what Hashem did. He sent you the person that you needed in that moment. And that angel, it can raise us up by encouraging us, Or it can raise us up by challenging us. Okay? So when you find that difficult person, or that difficult situation, understand that that's an angel coming at you from Hashem. So Yaakov has this war, if you will, with the angel of Esav. And the rabbis tell us that that angel is also the Satan, he's also the Yetzirah, he's also the Malach That The Gemara says that those three angels are really the same thing. And the Gemara is bothered by that statement because normally we have an idea that one angel can only do one job. You can't do three things. So the Gemara answers that, how does this one angel do all three jobs? The Gemara says he starts as the Yetzehara. He seduces a person, he convinces a person, whispers sweet nothings in your ear, gets you to do something wrong. Yotzerah, he comes down, he, he convinces. Oleu mekatrek, he goes up as the Satan and he tells on you, snitches to the heavenly court, then you're ready, he comes back down, and he takes your soul. And that's the Malach HaMavet. And one of the ideas that we spoke about um, yesterday was that the idea that he, the Malach HaMavet comes and kills you, it's not something that happens one time in your life. It's not only the moment when you die, but rather there's many deaths that a person goes through. And there's many rebirths that a person goes through. So when we talk about waking up every morning and literally being brought back to life, right? That he returned my soul to me. That's like So it's true when it's, you know, sleep the Gemara says is a 60th of death, so it's a minor form of death. But there's many moments in our life when we experience minor forms of death. The death of a dream is death. The death of joy in a person. The death of a person's confidence. That's death. So the Yetzirah and the Satan and the Malach amavet, this guy is constantly going up and down, 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 up and down. But in the end, when he convinces you to sin and let yourself down and make mistakes, he robs you of life. Those mistakes rob you from the best moments of your life. Um, and you don't think of it that way. But the Malach comes down... V'notel neshama And it's so to speak He takes a piece of your light Of your soul Isn't that unbelievable? Okay? In the end of that fight That Yaakov fights this angel Yaakov says something really interesting He says, bless me And the angel says, what do you mean? Bless you, I gotta go I gotta go sing in the heavens And there's a whole thing And in the, end, the angel says to, to Yaakov He asks him, lama Why are you asking me my name? What do you want to know? We find another example of this, also by Manoch, by the way, father of Shimshon. But the point is that the angel says to, to Yaakov, why do you want to know my name? Now, why did Yaakov want to know his name? Was he going to look him up on Instagram? Like, that was, What was the what was the point of Yaakov? He was just, you know, fact-gathering. Why did he want to know the angel's name? And the answer is really what we spoke about last night in the beginning, and then we're going to dive into that. The answer is that the Talmud says that Zayet Zahara has seven different names. And what Yaakov was seeking to understand in the struggle that he had with this angel was, what is the name of the angel? In Hebrew, uh, the name of a person doesn't only represent a term that you use when you're trying to get their attention, but the name of anything is the essence of that thing, okay? So, the animals were called, the names that they were called by Adam, prophetically. Why? Because it zoned into what the nature of that animal actually was. When a father calls his son or his daughter a name, we just named the baby girl in the synagogue yesterday, father says the name of the girl out loud, that minute he's pulling down from Shamaim the mazal, the shape, the texture of that person's soul. A lot of times... When I'm talking to someone about an issue that they're having, I'll ask them what their Hebrew name is. Because a lot of times you get tremendous insight into what a person's going through just by knowing what their name is. Because there's certain things that Sarah's go through and Rachel's go through and Leah's go through and Dina's go through. It represents a certain power in their soul which was identified through that little, the Gemara says it's like a, a spark of prophecy when they name the baby, okay? So Yaakov is asking a very deep question. If I'm struggling, if I'm trying to fight this Yetzirah, if I could just know his name, then I could tell that name to my children. I could explain to them how to be able to win the war against the Yetzirah. And the Yetzirah says, Why are you asking my name? Why are you asking my name? So I want to share with you a beautiful chidush first before we move on does the angel say? Why is this that you're asking my name? Why is this? That was it. The Shmi. One idea that the Chachamim, I think, are hinting at is that maybe the angel was telling Yaakov Avinu, you know what my name is? Why are you asking this? That's his name. I'll never forget. It's one of the most transformative moments in my life. I was running a kid's minyan, a teen, a teen kid's minyan whatever it was in, in Deal, New Jersey. And uh, people started coming and we used to have like, as well, like older people, like uh, married with kids. And this guy came to shoot with his five-year-old son, kid sitting next to him with the siddur, and, uh, and he, the kid turns to his father and he's like, Daddy, what does this mean? And the father turns to me and he says, just shut up and pray. Hey. Now, I, it broke my heart to hear the father say that. The kid's actually interested. How long does it take to get a kid interested, to ask a question like that? And what you do, you slaughtered the question. But not only did you destroy the question, you destroyed the questioner. What's the likelihood that a kid's gonna ask that question again? He's not. So maybe that's what the Yetzirah's name is. La The name of the Etzharaz, why are you asking? Who cares? Why should we ask? I'm not sure what to do. Don't know. Why should you ask? You're going to call the rabbi now? You're going to ask the rabbi? You're going to call? You're going to go, Why? Who cares? You're going to ask. For it. Do whatever you want. Maybe that's what the angel was hinting to Yaakov. It's a beautiful chidush. I'm going to stick that in the box, wrap it in a bowl, put it on the side. That's not for today. Okay? However. Okay, I have a question though. You're saying like, the angel saying that to hurt Yaakov? Like no, he was not? telling Yaakov the truth. You asked me my name. You know what my name is? Disinterest. What do you gotta ask for? Who cares? You know, the famous line from uh, Elie Wiesel goes The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. So, you wanna know what the opposite of love is? The Yetzihara that tries to get you to move away from love of Akadosh Hu he doesn't need to get you to hate, he just needs to get you to be indifferent. indifferent. So, he told Yaakov, Lama Zetishal Lishmi. I took that for my name. Why yes? What are you going to ask for? What are you going to ask for? Okay, beautiful chidush in a box, bow on the side. Okay. Coming back here. The simple understanding, however, of, of that pasuk is that the angel did not tell Yaakov what his name is. He said, why are you asking my name? The Chachamim explained that, you know what the angel was saying? He wasn't refusing Yaakov's request. He was telling Yaakov that there is no way to know my name. Remember I told you there was another place where we have a conversation like this where someone is asking the angel his name? It's Manoach, the father of Shimshon. And the angel there says to him, My name is Hupele. One interpretation of Pele means it's wondrous, like a Pele, okay? But there's another interpretation. Pele means it's elusive. It never stays in one spot. It keeps moving. The name of the etzehara, the game of the Yetzihara, is to constantly shape shift. Because if. I don't know if you ever. Anyone here play video games? No? Nobody? Not even as a kid? Wow. Okay, wrong crowd. Like Mario? I don't care. Whichever. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, a good example. Imagine you're playing Mario and all there is is the same. I don't know which one you were playing. The level, like, but the same mushroom. Bowser? Is that what it's called? Bowser. That's Bowser. The bad guy? Yeah. It's the same bad guy. Yoshi, I don't know. Uh, this is, already, this is already beyond my capabilities, right? <laughs> I'm a, you know, I come from a different generation of gameplay. <laughs> yeah. a, game, a, a generation that you guys know nothing about. Where you had to take n- Nintendo cartridges and go. You had that also? You yeah. guys yeah. The DS. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> the DS is like 5,000 years after the NES, which is like <laughs> the first official real. Uh, game console. All right. I mean, obviously there were others, but the first real game console that took over was, was Nintendo. Now, uh, someone's mentioning Pac-Man over here. Yes, uh, <laughs> Pac-Man definitely precedes that. And before Pac-Man, we had—again, you're sure hey, too young Gally. for this. Gally. No. no. Breaker. No. <laughs> Similar, by the way, to <laughs> Brick Breaker. No, it was called Pong. Pong. Oh. Can I just shout out Jen Mizrahi, who started this class, who should really be here? Oh. We need you but save lives. We know you're studying to be a doctor. Hazakubarukh, okay? So Pong was basically there was like two controls and like two sticks and the ball would like bounce oh, yeah. and you kind of had to get it past, yeah. past the other guy. It's like the the OG brick breaker. It's like before the invention of bricks. <laughs> okay, so it's just we just had sticks and balls That was the only right that was the only option back then, okay? Now. So so um there's, there's something really there's something really you know obvious about a game that doesn't have any other levels. Imagine you're playing the game and it's the same challenge again and again. How dumb is that game? If no. the two seconds you're done with the game. Right, has anyone here ever had their internet service cut out? and google thinks it's really good to have you play that the dumb dinosaurs. game with the dinosaur but so, yeah, it's fun for like a minute no i love that game. You, like know I you know why you know why it's fun for a minute no because the game it doesn't play. evolve it doesn't doesn't get much more com- i mean it no, it's a yeah, little the birds faster. no it's duck. yes so once you get off. introduced no, to they they the go birds go i get the point once you hit the birds there is nothing else besides birds and cactus right and it's the same game. And you're just running and all you do, going, boing, boing. boing. There's no, uh, no other element of difficulty. So in order for something to be challenging, in order for something to keep us engaged, in order for something to be something, it needs to have variety. It needs to have... And if the Yitzharah is meant to challenge us, it, it can't be the same thing. So what he tells Yaakov yeah, Aminu is, don't try to figure me out. The whole point... Of me being able to challenge you is me being able to shape shift. Okay? Now, having said that, um, I want to try and understand together with you what it looks like to be able to start identifying the different kinds of Yetzer Hara that there are. Okay? The Gemara starts by saying the first name of the Yetzer Hara is Ra. Who calls the Etzahara Ra? Hashem himself. Support in Ben The Pasuk says, and God saw that the heart of man was Ra min Urav. It was evil, right? From the time that he was young. What does that mean? The heart of a, of a person is evil from when they're young? Just like, evil children? Like, what does that mean? Damaged goods. Sorry? Damaged goods. Damaged goods. Well, what are we talking about? Garbage bale kids? Again, you guys are too young. But either way. I'm sure we'll get shout outs on the Insta from Garbage Pail Kids. You guys have no idea what that is, do you? Oh boy, okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Garbage Pail Kids, whole other animal. All right. So, um, what do you think? It sounds like a Jewish GP kind of thing. Like, Interesting, okay. So maybe a spoiled kid. Human innately bad. But that's the opposite of. Judaism. I know. So it. why would we be calling person ra the heart of a person is is evil Minihura from his childhood. I'm misguided? Sorry? I'm misguided. So I want to share with you um, an idea based on the Zohar. The Kabbalah teaches us that maybe perhaps this pasuk is not something that was relevant always. In other words, from the time that uh, Adam al-Khawasin in Gan Eden So the yetzer yetzer hara, so to speak, TO'd the joint, right? He took over, he's like involved, he's inside, he's got that inside track to a person. Until such time as the Torah was given, and once the Torah was given, then, then we were brought into this new existence where the yetzer hatov was given to the people. A good desire, okay? And we'll come back, we'll cut back to that a little bit later as well, okay? However, um, that Kabbalistic idea that the Yetzirah was dominant, so maybe the Pasuk means that a person's heart is, is evil. It means before the time that God gave the Torah. So there's nothing to combat the Yetzirah. But I think there's another interpretation as well. You know what that is? We have a famous teaching. When does a person get their Yetzer Hatov? 13. Excellent. Bar Ba Mitzvah. So what do they have before that? They have their Yetzirah. So the yetzer lev ha'adam is ra' Urav. But my question is, is that really true? Are children evil? If they don't have a yetzer hatov, so how are they, like, why are children not evil? I mean, is, that of what, is that what the pasuk is telling us? Oh, yeah. they, they act out of instinct, like animals. Well, babies will... don't, don't doubt yourself. That's very, very good what you're saying. Say it again. They act out of instinct. They act out of instinct. Now, for an animal to act out of instinct is fantastic. It's doing what it's supposed to do. For a human to act instinctively is not good. It's evil. For an animal to act like an animal, fantastic. You're doing your job. You understood the assignment. For a human being to act like an animal, it's terrible. So children, until they develop a certain level of maturity, on some level, it's very difficult for them to act outside of their programming so let me explain what that means one element of children of young person is where the person is acting selfishly okay again you don't—you might not think that that's bad but from the Torah's perspective for a human being that was designed as the only living thing that could act selflessly to act selfishly Hashem was like really? I created you different so that you would be different you're supposed to be better than this, okay? So that's maybe what the pasuk means, that the heart of man was ra was evil from its childhood, right? But that word ra, in this instance, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that the person's evil, malicious, horrible. It's just a kid. But a kid acting like a kid, without selflessness, without maturity, without being able to think, that in the eyes of the Torah is not a good thing. The challenge is when a person grows up and acts in the same way that yetzer HaRa is Ra. And at that point, it's not just programming. It's choice to abide by programming. I want you to hear that again. As a child, you have an answer. I was either nurtured or I was natured, whatever, right? But the minute a person hits adulthood, the fact that you grew up in a certain environment, It's not an excuse. At that point, you become responsible for your actions and to say, well, I was raised in a selfish home. Okay, but part of being an adult is recognizing where the things you grew up with were terribly wrong. Where the things that people say around you, what do you want from this person? All of their friends are also mean-spirited, you know, critical, horrible. Fine, great, as a kid. But maturity demands that when you're seeing this as, as an adult, that you say to yourself, no, that's not right. I don't want this, I want something else. And at that point, when you have a yetzer HaTov, you can choose to challenge your programming. You can choose to challenge your upbringing if you didn't have a proper upbringing. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. So the first name of the yetzirah is Ra, is evil. And I think that one kind of yetzirah is a simple yetzirah, where you, me, anyone, we could look at the desire at that thing which is trying to get us to do the wrong thing, and we could call it bad. You and I, we could recognize it for bad. So let's give an example. Let's think of something where yetzirah is trying to get you, and you know it's it's bad. It's, but not just it's wrong; it's evil. You see the difference? Yeah. So, let's give an example. Where, do you, where where would you find something like that? Cheating. Cheating. You know it's absolutely wrong. Which one? Hurt? You see, one second. Cheating is, you know, it's kind of wrong. But is it evil? Yeah. I think it depends again, what kind of cheating. Okay. Like, let's say you cheat and you get further in front of the line at a whatever. All right, whatever. It doesn't really make it... But imagine if you cheated and you cheated someone out. Imagine you cheated on your medical exam and you're now a doctor. And you don't know what you're doing. Right. That's that's evil. You see the difference? Some things are wrong. Some things are evil. Now you said Lashon HaRa, someone's agreeing with you over here. Lashon HaRa, all it is is tearing someone down. Could we just like maybe make a differentiation? Let's just take a simple differentiation. Lashon HaRa, where it's not so obvious that what you're saying is wrong. Like, it's a tr- it is a true, and the person is asking me for information because they want to get involved with them, so I don't want them to get hurt. And you have like a million reasons why you really should be allowed to say this. That's still wrong, unless you fulfill all the conditions of toilet. It's still wrong, but is it evil? Evil is when you walk in and you're like, oh my God, you don't know, I just saw this kid, <laughs> How hilarious. you hilarious, he's a fool out of himself. Nobody asked you. You're not helping anybody. There's no reason why you might think that this is... That's evil. The only desire is to, to see someone, to laugh at someone, to tell someone that. You see the difference? Yeah. Okay. So we found one name tag for the Yetzirah that is Ra, that is just evil. I want to do something that I think is a little bit crazy because we're not going to get through all seven, otherwise, we'd we'll be here for a couple of hours, <laughs> right? But, but I want to do something. I want you, before we do anything, before we do anything, I want you just to think of one example of a Yetzer Ra, something that you do that is evil. Now, again, remember, when, we're t- when I'm talking evil over here, I don't mean like you're stabbing babies. I, obviously, you're great people, you're wonderful people. But the way we just described that Lashon HaRa, that you could feel happy, you could laugh at someone's misfortune. There's an element of, of evil in that, right? So, I want to, to think of something because I feel like that's where we start. When you want to do Teshuvah, you want to start improving. So it's very hard to kind of try improving on something, starting with something, which, like, you're not even really sure if it's like, and you really have 16 excuses for why you did it or why you thought it. So, let's just pick something that, like, we could all agree. Right? Like, you know, uh, I'd be happy to agree. This is something I need to do to for. Yes, 100%. This was wrong. I did this and this was wrong and I should not have done that and I should not have thought that. I'll give you an example. I had a great one, actually. <laughs> I went to um, uh, a sidur party and uh, I was there with my wife and, and my, uh, my daughter was there and she was singing and every kid had a partner and then they came up to the front and they held the sign from two sides and they got the little solo, those two kids, you know, holding thing, and it was so cute. It was adorable. Then there's this one kid, they're bringing him up and the kid doesn't want to go on the stage. And they're trying to get him up. He's like, and he's fighting until, until they can't get him even to get on the stage. Never mind getting him up. So they put the kid and they sit him on a chair off of the stage, and the teachers getting like all involved with him, and you know. And in the end, that like one kid is holding the sign by himself without without him, like you know. And I'm just thinking, like you know, where, where's this kid's parents? Like you can't be bothered to turn up to your kid's a party, of course the kid doesn't want to go on the stage. Everyone else, their parents came out, their par- you know, they're watching them, they're videoing them, of course the kid doesn't want to go up, because he feels like, who cares, nobody cares. So he probably was feeling very upset, and that's why he didn't get on the stage. Anyway, in my mind, I'm already like, you know, like, <sighs> parenting 101, and anyway, there we go. <laughs> We get home, and the next day, we get an email from the school. We would just like to congratulate this family oh, that, they, that they gave birth to a baby during the Sidur party. And I'm like, oh no! Oh! <laughs> right? You feel like such a tochist. Like, come on, you're a rabbi. You know better. You know you're supposed to judge favorably, why? You don't even know these people, like you don't know their life, you would not recognize them in like a lineup, you know, nothing. I, I like, I know better, that I know better to know better. I was so upset with myself, right? For making what I think is such an elementary mistake. But I think there's a reason why I made the mistake, because it feels good. It feels good to judge people. And that's And that's not just wrong. It's, it's evil. So, when you do, when you look at something like that, yeah? When you look at something like that, you identify that, and you say to yourself, you say to yourself, that was the Yetzirah. Now, just to be clear, when you blame the Yetzirah, it's not like you not taking responsibility. It's just recognizing that part of your nature as a human being is that you have this inkling, this thing which kind of makes you see positively, and makes you want to help, and makes you want to be selfless. There's that one part of you that's pulling one way, that's the nishama, And there's this other part of you, the body, the goof, the physical, which is trying to pull you the other way. Recognizing those things and understanding and seeing that tactic though, it really helps you see what's coming for you. So the first one is Ra. Do you have an example in your mind for Ra, for evil? Something you want to do, you want to do better at. Because it's just, it's not just wrong. It's like treating your parents without proper kavod. That's amazing, by the way. I literally said treating your parents without the proper kavod, and it says, Shoshana Farhi joined. <laughs> <laughs> right? You speak disrespectfully to your parents, imagine you you know you, you, uh, you knock them down, you make fun of them, you talk back to them, like the amount that you owe your parents. You owe them so much. So never mind not showing them kavor, never mind not doing the right thing, but to, to scream at them, to curse at them. Some of the things I've seen in my life, it's like, you wonder how, how these people raised, you don't understand. Right? That's an evil thing. It's an evil thing to pay back goodness with with, uh, with the lack a lack of gratitude. So that's the first element. The first element is, is Ra. Then the Gemara continues and it says that Moshe, Moshe called the Yetzirah Arel, which means uncircumcised. That's a strange thing to call the Yetzirah, obviously he's not a physical being. So what is the indication when he calls him an arel, what's the idea? What does that mean? So I wanna share with you something very interesting. In the Torah's language, the concept of someone who is, uh, who needs to have a brit milah, is that they're unfinished. That's what an arel is. Right, so, In fact, there's a fascinating conversation uh, that's recorded between Rabbi Akiva and Turnus Rufus, who has the most gangster name in the whole Gemara. Like, you know? What's his name? Turnus Rufus. I don't know, it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's not, maybe it's Roman, I don't know. Either way, this guy, Turnus. (laughs) getting turnt, okay. Turnus Rufus. (laughs) Is, is having a conversation with, with, with Rabbi Akiva. And he says, like, you know, who's more perfect, human beings or God? Obviously, God. So how could it be that we improve on what God does? How could that be? How could it be that God that we, that we God gives us a person, and what do we do with this person? We do bring it out on the person. How could that be? Rabbi Akiva explain, explains to him, well, let's look at nature. You know, what's more perfect? a loaf of bread, or stalks of wheat. Obviously the loaf of bread. So he explains, wow, someone is listening at 39,000 feet on a plane. That is fantastic. Yeah. Very special, okay? So check this yeah, out, because I think, hungry. sorry? My brother is on a plane right now. Oh, is he listening as well? Yeah, maybe. Oh, all right, no, I don't yeah. think so. All right, so uh, unless his name is Riss. I and he looks like a girl. No. All right. Right. so it's not your brother. God bless you. Baruch Hashem. (laughs) So, I think that there's, that he's explaining to him that God doesn't finish off the job. He gives us something so that we can then finish the job. So we can get the merit, the reward, the enjoyment of finishing, of perfecting something. So what is the Yetzirah? Something which is imperfect. That's very far from Ra. Yeah, yeah. Right? You see that? So you think, oh, I got the Yetzirah. I learned it. Yetzirah is evil. No. No, 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 no. Yetzahara is also imperfect. The Gemara says, Ha-matkhil mitzvah Someone starts a mitzvah. Omrim lo gimor. We tell him, finish it. How many times do you find somebody... Who like they go so far in the mitzvah? Like you know, they went out. They you you know your mom wasn't feeling well. Your brother went out. He's like, okay, I got this. Don't worry. He goes out. He gets pizza. You know, brings it. But instead of instead of bringing it to the table and feeding the kids, he like brings it to the table and he's like, ma, pizza's here. <laughs> like you he went out. You got the thing. The whole point was, you know, what are you what are you doing? Just Finish it. Sometimes one of the Yetzirah's tricks is that he gives you the opportunity to start the mitzvah. But he knows that if you start it, he might be able to actually get you to not do the mitzvah by just letting you start it. Right? When do we get all the energy to do a mitzvah, to do change, to be great? In the beginning, everyone's like, "Yeah, starting a new diet tomorrow." You're like a rock star on day 1 of your diet. You're like killing it in the gym on day 1. So if he tries to fight you on day 1, he's going to lose. Okay. So one of the tactics of the Ra is not to fight you on Ra. Not to fight you on your uh on your great big, you know, opening day. He lets you open. He rolls out a red carpet for you. Go go go, go to the gym. I take the thing. The, eat the Ezekiel, right? Baruch, Right? And he's not going to get you now. He's going to get you at 2 o'clock in the morning. Someone's going to walk in with a bag of Reese's peanut butter cups. And you're going to be like, oh, well, yeah, no, I'm on a diet already. But you know what? Give me. You know what? Just give me. <laughs> and the Yetzarah is like, yes! That's what it means that the Yetzarah is an Arel. He, he, he manages to get you on unfinished business you know you have a person that you you don't get along with and you're like you know I'm gonna I want to get over this I want to forgive it I want to move past it and then you you kind of go and you have the meeting you sit down and and you and then you get to a stage where you forgave but you didn't forget you know what I mean like you took it all the way I remember seeing this college football video the other day. Gorgeous pass, end of the game. Gorgeous pass, 30 yard pass. The guy darts to the touchdown. He's so excited as he scores the winning touchdown that football players have this thing that they do. You ever see they do this whole like dance in the end zone? You know? Whatever, everybody's got their own. So he's got this whole dance in the end zone. And as he gets to the end zone, he drops the ball to get into his dance. You know, he's doing his thing, right? But he drops the ball a quarter of an inch before he gets into the touchdown. So he's there dancing. All of a sudden, the guy from the other team realizes that he didn't cross the goal line. He picks up the ball, literally runs down the sideline the entire length of the field, 100 yards, scores a touchdown, and wins the game. That play is Moshe Rabbeinu's Yetzirah, that he called him RL. And you know what the craziest thing is? The guy was so fast, no one could stop him. Nothing got get in his way. What got in his way? Unfinished business. Dropping the ball right before the goal line. Heading all the way to the end, almost forgiving and forgetting, but just not quite. Right? You go to someone, you want to ask them mechila. So what do you go to them? You say... You know, I'm really sorry about the way, uh, about the way I treated you. And I'm really sorry if you felt bad. I'm so sorry that that's how you felt. The worst. What are you saying? What are you saying when you say that? I'm not sorry for what I do. Sorry, sorry not sorry, right? (laughs) I'm sorry that you... Sorry (laughs) not sorry. You're super sensitive. Yeah. Totally, totally gaslighting, right? You're super sensitive. I'm a normal person and I'm sorry that you're a weirdo. Because, you know what? Weirdos have feelings too. <laughs> so I'm sorry that you're a weirdo. Isn't that interesting? And the crazy thing is, you know what's so interesting? You said all the words. What words did you need to say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, right? That I'm sorry that. Sorry that I did that. That I did that. Sorry that I hurt your feelings. Sorry that I hurt your feelings. No, I'm sorry that your but feelings not, not hurt us. Exactly. It's the same words. Yeah. Sorry that I hurt your feelings and sorry your feelings were hurt. It's like, this, yeah. it doesn't cost you more. Right. It's the ego. It's you're ego. already there. You made the trip. You, you rang the doorbell. You're sitting on the couch. You're right there. You dropped the ball. But it's like dance. admitting, it's admitting like you're wrong. Like that's what it is. Yeah. That's. Like ego. when someone's when someone like, I'm sorry. But that's the, the point. You know, like, you know oh, what? F- but that's right. the point. The Yetzirah, he couldn't get you to stay home because you went to the guy's house. Right. He couldn't get you not to apologize because you opened your mouth. So you know what he did? Different strategy. Not Ra. Stay home. Let him, you know, let him do de- no, I No, no, no. He knows he's not. No, you really, you really should go. I agree with you. I told you, you should go. You <laughs> go down there. Now you're not looking for him. And right before you cross the goal line, he, he plays the music and you start dancing. That's RL. You know, how many times do you start coming to a class? There's a new class a rabbi's putting on, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I don't know. Every day this class. You know what, I'm joining this class. You rearrange your whole schedule. You make sure that the classes you're taking university don't fall out on You did it. You did all the work. And then you go to two classes. You paved the whole road. Matchil mitzvah. You start a mitzvah. Omrim law, We tell him. Gemor. I want you to stop for one second before we move on. Because I want this to be really practical. What mitzvah can you think of that you're doing at 90% that you could get across the goal line? It's not hard. That an unfinished business. You're praying, you're praying almost the whole thing, but not the whole thing. You're saying Kriyat Shema before bed, but not the whole thing. Why? See, I can see it's like floating above your head. It's like there's a thought bubble, right? But there's lots of things like that. person decides they're going to be more... I'll never forget. I, I just, I walked in, you know, they want to be... This woman obviously decided she wanted to be Tseniut. So I went to a gym, I used to go to this gym in Israel in the morning before we would start learning. I wanted to be healthy, so I went to, I went to pray and then after praying I would go to this gym and then, and then I would go straight from the gym to, to yeshiva. And in the gym there was, no, there was nobody there, the place was empty. So it was only me and the two other guys that I was going, going there with from my yeshiva. The place was empty 100% of the time. One day we get there, and there's some lady and she's like she had a, her hair was covered. You know, but the rest of her was not covered. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just again it wasn't a judgment call because you know what, she could cover whatever she wants, she doesn't have to cover whatever she doesn't want. But I was just thinking like what is the thought process that goes into that? What is the, like, what is the thought process? I don't understand. About, uh, I don't understand. What? Separate means about. Like, oh, I could. Like, I think By the way, and, and it's not even wrong, because sense. whatever a person does, even if you do the tiniest bit of any mitzvah, it's a beautiful thing. It's but that, that right there, that's that the yetzerah. It's the yetzerah. He knows he can't get, because she heard a really great class about covering your hair. Like, she went to a class, and that Rebetzin like, bawled out. Like, you know, she, it was amazing, and she was really inspired, so she decided to do that. But the other things, which are part of the same thing, so the Yetzirah doesn't tell. He doesn't fight her on the things. He doesn't fight. He doesn't fight you on the things he knows he's going to lose. He picks and chooses his battles. So uh, that's an example. An example of when you're being nice to someone, but you can't help yourself from saying those passive-aggressive things, like while you're giving them dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like you're there you're there already like what is what is this that's that's Moshe that calls that calls him Ariel so i said we, we can't really cover all of them because there's too many there's too many to really cover but i want to focus just quickly on two more if that's okay sure. two more names of the Yetzirah okay um, the gemara tells us that one of the names that was given to the Yetzirah is that he was called Evan Oh, so Riss Rosenberg is asking the question. No, that's the opposite. That's exactly what I said. I'm happy that she's doing whatever she's doing, but I didn't understand it. And when I read this Gemara, then I understood it. That the Yetzer is employing a technique that even though those two things, normally they would go together, but he doesn't get in the way of the thing that she's strong in. He just lets her do that. He knows if he tries to fight the entirety of this package, he's gonna lose. So he fights the bit. That he can, and that wound up being what uh, what it was. That's that's my uh, that's what I was explaining. Okay, so the crazy thing is the Gemara says that the Yetzirah is an even, is a stone. And what is the indication of a stone? And we have the pasuk. The pasuk says that um, that there are there is a time when God will come to the Jewish people. And he will take away the Lev Ha'evin, the heart of stone, and replace it with Lev Basar, with a heart of flesh. Okay? So the Gemara understands this to mean that one way that the Yetzirah deals with us is with having a a heart of stone. And what does that mean? What does that mean? It's what is shutting, this shutting What is this technique we're of in, the etara, Huh? Like, cool. like parah type? Okay, okay, good. So we've got one example of para, Good. Like shutting your emotions and becoming like, cold. So we'll see as well. Shutting your emotions. Desensitize. Good. Desensitize. These are all great words. Like so listen to this. I think this is wild. Ready? We have one man that fights the impossible fight. David? No, in the Torah. Like, if you had to take on one character in the Torah, that you'd have to be the, like, biggest moron to take on. Like, if you had to fight against someone in the Torah, who would be, like, the worst person to pick a fight with? In the Torah. In the Torah. Is Yes, which Tzadik? Who would be the worst person to pick a fight with? Moshe. Moshe guy, oh my gosh, like he literally is changing oceans, the blood, and splitting seas, and he's doing everything! Who I fought know? with Moshe? In who Israel. fought with Moshe? Specifically who? Who is Moshe's greatest adversary? Oh, uh, Korach. Korach, mm. Korach leads a rebellion against Moshe. And the question is, like, are you serious? <laughs> The truth, I feel like it makes sense, not makes sense, God but like, it's, like, a little more understandable because they're family. Like, let's say, like, my older brother, yeah. all of a sudden. No one hates you like very, family. Right. You know, like, I feel like I'd be so much easier to, like, rebel against, let's say, like, one of my siblings than, like, one of my teachers. So, the reason why you're saying that is because your siblings are most like you. You share most in common. You know them the most. Moshe is in his own league. Not just then. Like, of all time biggest prophet ever, most um, humble person ever, does every miracle in the book. They literally watched him go up to God and get the Ten Commandments. Right? you understanding? Like, who, who in their right mind would pick a fight with him? How does Korach do it? How does he do it? And the commentators say something amazing. The commentators say that like we said earlier, that in a person's name, is hidden their story, their destiny, their their future. The letters of the word Korah are the same letters as the word Kerach. So what is Kerah? Oh, ice. ice. Korah's heart he ah. turned to ice. Okay? And what happens when a person's heart turns to ice? When they can't feel, when they force themselves to not have emotion there's a, a point in time and a a technique that a person can use where they just so shut down that nothing affects them I don't know if you've ever seen like a really stubborn really angry kid and you see in the park or wherever and the parents are like threatening this kid they're like we're gonna go home early because' like oh god. <laughs> 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 gonna go to because, oh, he's like a monster. Nothing you say is moving him. You know why? I mean, the threats that they're making are pretty. We're taking away your game, your, your Game Boy, your whatever, the new Switch, right? You know it, you're going to be grounded. Okay. <laughs> what, he doesn't care about being grounded? He loves his Switch. And by the way, as the parents are being ignored, what are they doing? They're dialing up the threats, right? They're making it harder and harder, and it's not having any effect. Why is it not having any effect? says the Gemara, You do not try and placate someone in their moment of anger. If you try and reason with someone, you try and uh, communicate with them, you try and compromise with them, when they're angry, they're not ready to compromise at all. You know why the kid's not responding to the threats? Because he's not hearing them. I mean, he might be hearing them, but he's not hearing them. He, In this moment, all the pain of those things that you think is gonna, con- is gonna convince him is gonna change his mind, nothing is changing his mind. Because really right now, in this moment of anger, what is there? Win, lose, that's it. There's only winning, and losing the argument. How many times have you known someone to to do something that doesn't benefit them? They lose out on. And the only reason why they're doing it is because they're so stubborn that they can't lose the argument. They can't admit that they're wrong. They can't ask for the help that you, that they, that everybody knows that they need, right? That power, Korach, enables Korach to be able to stand up to Moshe Rabbeinu and to say, I don't care about his miracles, and I don't care about his Torah, and I don't care about the heavens, and I don't care about his prophecy, I don't care about anything. I'm right, he's wrong, I don't care. And he literally drags his family, literally to hell. Okay. I mean, his children do teshuvah in the last minute, korach But as far as korach's concerned, he'll destroy everything he loves. Now, I want to point out, why, why did Korach start the rebellion? Our Rabbis tell us because he wanted leadership. Right? He felt bad that he was passed over for leadership. Yeah? yeah. So what does Korach say when he tries to get everyone to join him? They make, him feel, they make them feel the same way. Like he made them feel the same way. What does he say? Doesn't he say something like Moshe is a fake prophet? Yeah. Like God's yeah. not? Like- and therefore what? What would you think? And we, we should listen The whole reason why he's doing this is because he wants to be the leader. Right. Remember that song? I don't need that. Right? This is... You imagine Korach running through the Jewish people, right? Just doing the follow the leader dance. And like, Moshe's a leader. He's a sketch. I'm the real. Follow me. You know, when he's doing the, the cha-cha, or whatever, the tango, I don't know, whatever that thing is. That's what you imagine. But what does Korach say? Korach says, Ki kol Everyone's holy. Why are you raising yourself up over the people? Korach's argument is, there should be no leadership. So his platform, he's running on to be governor, is, if I'm elected governor, there will be no governors. That's literally what he's saying. So if he wins, what does he win? Nothing. He wins a loss. He loses the very thing he's fighting for. But when a person is kireach, is korach, is kerach, when their heart is ice, they can't, they're not, he's got to win. And even if it costs him, the whole reason why he's fighting, I'll throw it down too, I'll throw that down the drain too. One of the techniques of the Yetzirah is even. It gives you a heart of stone. Wow, that's crazy. Someone's begging for your forgiveness. You can see how sad they are, how much they mean it. But you're like, nope, and I'll never forgive you, so don't even bother coming back. That's live event. Live event is when you see somebody and they're suffering, and, and you just... You can't bring yourself to pray for that. Do you think that actually happens, though? Happens all the time. You Can I just point this out? Yeah, yeah please. Can I point out, live Evan, and it's horrible. I mean, please forgive me. I'll give you an example of a heart of stone. You're on Instagram. You're on WhatsApp. Someone's like, <clears throat> we need people to say to healing someone is dying in a car. Swipe. Yeah. I've done it. You've done it? All right, you've done it. This person has no money, they get married, they're getting married tonight, his mother's almanat, they're crying, donate here. Swipe. Did you not just post my Instagram story? I did. Right, but I'm saying, how many people people will have swiped right past it? Right. Now, again, I don't blame anybody. You know why? Because there's a million, and it's so hard. Like you need to sympathize, but you can't necessarily it's so get so hard, all of that. But that's what we're being taught here. I'm not saying it's your fault that the Yetzirah was able to bring about a stony heart. But that's the technique that he's using. And, and at that point, it becomes so hard to engage or to care. Because the most basic element of... Teshuvah of doing good Is having that heart And if I could Literally shut it off So I want to share with you A beautiful line Pasuk tells us L'fetah chatat rovetz You know where the Yetzirah sits L'fetah At the opening That's where the Yetzirah sits At the opening Sin crouches the Gemara in Sanhedrin uses this to explain that a person has the Yetzirah jump on him from the minute he's born. He gets the Yetzirah told much later. But when does the Yetzirah come? The Fetach Hatat Rovets. That was one thing that was taught to Rabbi Yehuda, to Rabbi, the Rabbi by Antoninus, by a Roman Caesar who used to study Torah with. Okay? Fetach Hatat Rovetz. Here's my question. Is there a deeper way maybe of looking at that? maybe a deeper understanding as to what this means that sin waits at the opening. And I think that maybe what it means is that when does somebody crouch somewhere, you're leaning down, you're down, you hold. holding, what are you doing? You're, you're protecting something. You're, you're sitting by the door, by the opening. The Yetzara understands if your heart opens a drop, He doesn't have a chance. If there's an opening for someone's words to get in, then you're already feeling compassionate. You're already feeling empathic. You're already going to change. You're going to do different. You're going to speak different. You're going to behave different. So you know what he does? He crouches down right on top of the holes, the openings of your heart. (laughs) Lefetach chatat rovetz. Whenever he sees an opening, he tries to close it. That's a stone heart. A heart that has no openings. Yeah. That's why I love conquers all. Sorry? That's why I love conquers all. Yes. 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 What is that? Like love conquers all, love conquers all. Oh, I And 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 I'll say that, you know what this means, actually. That one of the ways of combating this Yetzirah, who is... um, who is trying to make sure that your heart doesn't open, trying to make sure that it remains ice, stone, shut, is to figure out as many ways to expose yourself to things that will open your heart. If someone is, as an example, they're visiting a a shelter for children in foster care, breaks your heart. Right? Yeah. You, you go into a home where there's no food in the refrigerator. You look around, you can't believe it breaks your heart. Now, a lot of times people think, Rabbi, there's nothing I can do about it. Why well, am I I'm gonna go there just to be sad? You could sympathize. If you opened your heart, that alone was worth doing. Because conquering the Lev Evan is by creating cracks in the Evin. That's why you should do like, things like that so you could craft. Expose you yourself do. to things that bring you Oh Rivka! Come say hi. No. You <laughs> could you show them what we did yesterday? No, mommy, can I think I can't stop because I need to go to bed now. Oh. Could you just come show them for one second? She was so brave yesterday. She cut her, her eye eyebrow. Hi. And we went to the doctor and she got stitches. Oh my gosh. And she was such a big girl. Wow. <laughs> see brave. how brave she was? Wow. And, she got, and she got ice cream. Did you choose for, did you choose nine dollars in the end? What did you choose? For nine stitches. Nine, nine pizzas? pizzas. You want to go to bed at nine o'clock? <laughs> okay, so good night, honey. Musa is weighing in. He's saying, we get a new heart. Every Rosh Chodesh we pray, Lev Tahor, Birali Create for me a pure heart. Birali Right, V'ruach and a correct Tzfir Chodesh Renew in my heart. So Musa, oh my gosh, I'm on fire. I just literally before I mentioned Kibura Vahem and my mother logged on. my daughter before no before I mentioned Kibura Avahem and my mother law no, on. just now my daughter walked in and I mentioned that she got stitches and the doctor who gave her stitches just joined no way <laughs> That's so Dr. Funny. Ira Zavetsky, oh Hazaku Baruch <laughs> who did the stitches that is the craziest <laughs> I just want to try this out let me just try this Mashiach <laughs> <laughs> okay. No oh all right. I have a point. Amazing. Okay. Send them my, my regards. Send them my regards. So, guys, I, I think that there's something that I want to point out about what Musa just said. Musa explained to us that left, left or right King that we pray every Rosh Chodesh for a pure heart. Right? We pray for a pure heart. And Musa, I'm giving you this chidush directly to you. I want you to understand this. Having a pure heart is not necessarily the opposite of having a stone heart. We can difference. You hear that? You might be very compassionate in your heart. In your heart. But you might not have allowed anything to get into that heart. You see the difference? You have some people, if you could get through to them. I remember um, once there was a a, a a rabbi who came who came to, to see me in the synagogue from Israel. And he said, you know, do you know this person in the community? I said, I don't really know them very well. And he said, I, I want to go speak to him for my uh, for my yeshiva. I said, you know, okay, you know, Fadal. He says, do you have any connections with them? I said, not really. So he said, you know, if um, I heard that either he doesn't give you the time of day or if if you could touch his heart like he could sponsor like 20 people 20 students or rabbis in the yeshiva like either he's giving nothing or he's building the whole building what does that mean that's a Lev tahor that's also a lev even yeah that's I'll give you, I'll give you an example in the Mishnah and Avot the Mishnah says that a person should be, um, should be, uh, there's four different, abami there's four different types of people. There's a Noach L'Ratzot, Os, there's, and Noach L'Ratzot. There's a continuum of, uh, a spectrum if you will, of people who get angry and people who forgive. So you could be hard to get angry, but also hard to forgive. You could be the type of person who easily gets angry, but also, forget easy figures right away. You can be a person who's very hard to get angry and very easy to forget. That's the tzaddik. Okay? Then you could be the rasha where you're very easy to get angry and you're very hard to forget. Okay? So I think that that maybe is a concept that we're talking about. You know? What does it mean that the person is, lich, is noach l'chos versus kashel l'chos? What does it mean that he's easy to anger versus hard to anger? What are those two things? And this, I think, is really interesting. Every single thing that God creates in this world, everything that God creates in this world, has an element of it that is good. The czar explains that if there's something that has no element of good in it whatsoever, it could never be created. Why? So, because God is good. So how could God, who is completely good, create something that's completely bad? Impossible. The only possible way for Him to create something that we perceive as bad is if there's an element of it that's very good. Paradoxically, again, we find the Gemara. The Gemara says that on the, the Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, and God saw and He said, "Tov Meod," it was very good. Every day God's like, good, 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 and very good. What does God say very good about? That, God says, twice good. Okay. Like the end? But what? At the end. At the end. But God says very good at the end. What is he saying it about? And God saw, and it was very good. Nope. Gemara says. What did he see? He saw the yetzahara. He saw the yetzahara. Is it because like, the Yetzirah challenges? Like, everything is good until like until you get a... a so like, one you know, way of understanding the Yetzirah... Like yeah, wrong. Yeah, one way of understanding the Yetzirah is... How do we understand the Yetzirah being a good thing? Is that in his status of bad, we become good by fighting against it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's a simple way of understanding how the Yetzirah could be considered very good. But there's a different answer, I think. I think there's a different answer. I want to focus you on a word here. The Gemara says, "Le'olam yagiz Adam, a person should anger his Yetzer Hatov against his Yetzer Hara. That's weird, right? You would not use that word normally. Yes. Anger—that's what roges means. Rahim tiskor. So what are we saying that he/she anger his Yetzer Hatov? The answer is that there's a way of using things. That usually manifests in really bad ways for really good things. again. There's a way to use something that usually manifests in really bad ways for really good things. And I'll give you an example. That lev even, that shell around the heart that doesn't let anything in, is that not kashelich os? <laughs> Yeah. hold on what makes the guy kashe l'ratzot hard to get angry he's got the shell around his heart nothing nothing gets in what makes this guy kashe l'ratzot hard to forgive Leveven. that's using the yetzer tricks against him you got it? I think now we can go full circle back to where we started. HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls what does he call? He calls the Yetzirah Ra? Ra. What do you think? Well, and with end say the end of the pasuk? Ki Lev HaAdam cause the desire of the heart of a man Ra Urav is evil from his childhood how do we say it before he has an evil inclination during his childhood but maybe a different way of reading it and musa i know you're going to love this maybe a different way of reading it is adam because the this inclination in the heart of man is ra min urav it's evil in his childhood when he's not figured out how to use his anger, he uses his anger against people. He doesn't use his anger to bolster the yetzer HaTov. If you see a child being beaten up in the streets and that doesn't get you angry, you're a horrible human being. (laughs) The line goes, show me someone who never gets angry and I will show you someone who cares about nothing. You understand? That's the concept here. The Lev Evan, it's a tool to be used. In its natural state, minute Urav, it can be Ra. But once you learn how to adapt, you know what happens? You start swiping the Yetzehara's gifts. I'll give you one beautiful chidush. Kemara says, That a person should not be in the bed knesset by himself at night. Why? Anyone know why? No. Oh no. (laughs) This is gorgeous. How come a person should not be in the bed knesset alone at night? Because it should always be a place I like that. It's not what the government says. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, if Remember he dies, oh, yeah, something, something about something about that's it. where he comes in. I'm dying while learning. No, your you're so close. I, I know what this is, but like I need to hear it to know it. That's what I thought the beginning. I was like, no, nah, I'm so off. A <laughs> Person should not go into Bet Knesset alone at night. Al chachamim tell us because that's where the Malachamavit Mavet keeps his vessels, his tools. Angel of Death it's keeps connected. his tools in the Beit Knesset. You read this Gemara, and you think, what the heck? Well, he can't find a storage unit somewhere. Guy can't keep his uh, his tools of death in uh, Las Vegas. It's a great in the casino. What's the answer? Every one of the Malach and and Satan is the same person. That means that every one of his tools. What is the source of his tool? Something in holiness. So where are the tools of the Malach HaMavet? In the, Bet, in the Bet Knesset. Now he then takes it out of the Bet Knesset, and that tool, not in the Bet Knesset, is literally a knife you can kill somebody with. But in the Bet Knesset, in the realm of holiness, it's used in the most beautiful and the most powerful of ways. So each one of these things, number one, it helps us understand the yetzahara and get to see him coming. The second thing is, it actually helps us swipe his tools, use his tools. I mentioned yesterday that the last term of the Yetzirah is tzfoni, that he is hidden. What message, what lesson do we learn from the Yetzirah having a tool called hidden? You have to watch that she or to understand what hidden means. We went through it yesterday. So I want to just share. There's one beautiful lesson that we learn from the Yetzirah. That when you want to be able to do something important, you make sure that nobody sees you. I love this. To be discreet. So the camouflage of the Yetzirah, that Tzfoni that he has, where do we find it that the Jewish people are using it properly? This is sick. Yeah. At the at when the Jewish people leave har Sinai, it says, God says to them, rav lachem Enough you sat here at this mountain. lachem Turn, literally it means to the north. The Chachamim explain that God said, You're leaving Sinai. you're going out into the world now. The nations of the world are going to see you. Penulachem tsa'fona. Hide yourselves. Don't flash your money. We saw what happened in the deal this summer when everyone, they finally figured out where our cars are. <laughs> They're not going to go steal it, we'll find one fancy car on, you know, every two, two weeks in some place. Every other block. Chalas, they figured it out. Penulachem tsa'fona." You want to succeed? Hide. We learned from the Yetzirah the power of hide and go seek. But remember, listen to this. God gave them that tool. When did he give them that piece of advice? When did he give them that tool right at, at Har Sinai? What do we learn happened at Har Sinai? Which when people? the Jewish people received the, uh, when the Jewish people received the Aseret uh, when they received the Torah, what happened? The Zohar says, Paska zuhammatan. Which means that the dirt, the filth that was inside the person, it stopped. When did that filth enter humanity? When Adam and Eve ate from the etzadat at that time, what happened when they ate from the etzadat? The etzahara which was the snake from the outside, what happened? It entered into the human being. It's what the Gemara means when it alludes to the fact that the snake had relations with Chava. It doesn't mean it had relations with Chava. It means that he entered into humanity. The desire, the idea that he could convince you to do this or convince you to do that, it was something which is external to the human being. But when they ate from the food, it became internal. That lasted until when, like I said to you earlier, Ram and until the Jewish people received the Torah. Once they received the Torah, and inside, what happened to the Yetzirah? It was pushed out. That means that at Har Sinai, the Yetzirah lost his power over us. Okay. Specifically, the word Tzfuni, Tsafun. We say it in the in the uh, uh, in the song of what's it called, um, of Elchai, which we sing during the High Holidays. Let's push yourself away. The groupings of the Tzif'oni. What is Tzif'oni? It sounds like the same word. Tzafun Tzfoni, which is what the Yetzirah is called, which is the Yetzirah, which is the snake. Tzif'on or Tzif'onim is a Hebrew word for snakes. Yes. So when the... Tz- Very good. Yes. So when the Tzif'oni, when that Paskazu amatam was pushed outside of them, what happened? They were able to acquire the positive side of that tool of the Yetzir What was that tool? Penulachem <laughs> Tsafona. Yeah. Got it? Each one of these things, it teaches you that every single time you find yourself making a mistake, something that the Yetzirah is doing to hurt you every time, recognize that not only can you defeat the Yetzirah, you can steal his gun and use it against him. That's crazy. Yeah. That's the game that the Gemara is engaging in with the names of the Yetzirah. That's the game that Yaakov I Avin mean, tried to do. With the Yetzer HaRa, when he's fighting him, he's like, tell me you're the And the Yetzer HaRa is like, you can't. This, I, just, I have so many names depending on the situation. Yeah. All right, Hashem should bless us always to be able to rise and to do uh, great things uh, in, the, in this journey of life. Azaku Baruch. Thank you everyone for uh, popping in. Um, yes, Musa. Wonderful. Um, I never had a girls class that had uh, guys <laughs> and, and uh, people in the planes. It was very, very special. Jazakabu like to, to everyone that was listening. I no questions. question.